This episode of 614 Startups is brought to you by Share and Eco. Share is a ride sharing service for the rides you take the most, like rides to work or school. Check out ridewithshare.com and transform your commute. Ecove is a venture development company founded to pursue early stage investments in the Midwest. Visit ecovecapital.com and learn how they are bringing life-disrupting technology from the lab to humanity. Welcome to the 614 Startups Podcast. We're a community of passionate and driven entrepreneurs committed to helping Columbus, Ohio startups go from idea to scale to impact. Prepare to be inspired, challenged, and equipped by some of Columbus's most dynamic startup founders and investors. Whether you're in the hilltop or short north, garage or startup accelerator, the road to success winds its way through Columbus and starts with the 614 Startups Podcast. 614 Startups Nation, we are back and it's another episode and this one is a long time coming. I have my man Ilya Bodner of Bold Penguin in the building. What's up, baby? Hello. All right. Good to have you, man. Glad to be here. All right. Awesome. So uh, I think we connected via one of the most original uh, connections I've made on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the message that you sent me? I don't. Okay, good, 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 good. Because I can make anything up. But I'm going to tell you what you really sent me. Uh-huh. So uh, uh, what you sent me was, so you do podcast. You should have me and my partner on. He talks better than me. All right. I was like, yo, this is the most original message I've ever received. Now, in my mind, because your name is Ilya, I automatically read it with an Eastern European accent. And in my head, it sounded like this. So you do podcast. <laughs> you should have me on your podcast, yep. being my partner. Yeah, man, dude, so so yeah. good to connect with you. I was like, yo, this guy's yeah. the most interesting guy. I gotta talk to him. Sorry to spoil it for you, but I don't have an accent. I know, <laughs> in my imagination, it yeah. was like that, yeah. man. But it's so great to have you. Thanks, yeah. Uh, awesome. And you've been the, in the news the, lately. The power of LinkedIn, I love it, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yes, we've you, been in the news. Mm-hmm. You have been in the news. So you guys have been making some great strides, which we'll get to. Um, but we always start the podcast with a little backstory. So where are you from and how do you come to be where you are today? Yep. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been, uh, I've actually been looking forward to this. It's pretty cool. One startup supporting another. Um, so immigrated from um, Russia, Uzbekistan in 1993, moved to Columbus, um, they kind of coined us and put us together as the new Americans, uh, which helped me bond with other folks that were like me. They were part of the, the wave that moved around that time. Um, went to high school here uh, in Bexley. And uh, if you're uh, Russian, Russian descent, your parents don't actually let you go too far from the household for college. It's a very American thing to like move and run away at 18. Uh, so my choices were Capital, Columbus State, or OSU. I don't know how this happened, but Ohio State uh, actually let me in. So uh, that really like anchored me here in, uh, in uh, Columbus. Uh, we speak Russian at home. We're very uh, um, kind of a modest family when it comes to that. Um, but uh, I would consider myself a proud American patriotic kind of person uh, and enjoy being here in the Midwest. I, I remember when I was very little 
and my parents uh, said we're moving to the U.S. and I was like, oh, that's cool. They put out like a map on the table, and they were uh, they were like, yeah, we're moving to the uh, 16th largest city in the U.S. called Columbus, Ohio. I was like, yeah, that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like moving now to like China somewhere, and someone's telling you hey, do you want to live in the 16th largest city in China? And you're right. like, what? What is that? <laughs> We're moving in the middle of a farm somewhere. Right. But I'm, I'm really happy that I'm here. Awesome. So you could have been telling my story, man, except you would change Russia to Liberia because I immigrated to the States back in 1993. Oh, wow. Part of that, that new yeah. American wave. Yeah. Now, let me... What was the date you moved? You came to the U.S.? Uh, it was sometime in December, December 3rd-ish. Oh, wow. Ours was July 20th, okay, which is coming up here, and it's 25 years in America. So the Bodners are going to celebrate this weekend, 25 years in the U.S. Yeah. And you guys are going to do that in December. That Good is correct. Yeah. 25 years. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> and uh, you see different experience coming over because never had a winter in my life. And we came in December <laughs> in Trenton, well, I, New Jersey. I, I'm from Uzbekistan, which is like kind of like Nevada weather. It's the oh, far, really? far east. Yeah, very warm. So yeah, when when people like automatically jump to that, they're like, oh, you're from Russia. You're you're happy with the cold. I literally lately on my phone, look at the weather in Siberia and compare it to what it is in Columbus in the middle of winter mm-hmm. and show that it's actually colder in Columbus, Ohio wow. than it is in parts of Siberia. So I'm not exactly used to all this either. <laughs> I understand. All right. So I'm learning. I'm <laughs> yeah. learning. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you, you you choose Columbus as your home. So you mm-hmm. move. Um, how old were you when you got here? We were 10. I was 10. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I was young. My parents chose it and we just kind of stuck here. But I did as an adult choose to stay in Columbus. Uh, that's where you're headed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, when I got through later years in college, I had every opportunity to move to places like Chicago uh, or even New York came to mind um, later as I, which we'll get to in a second. But as I. Uh, I got a little older. My parents actually moved to Florida. Most of my family got scattered all over the U.S. We mostly came to Columbus and then all the big cities. And I had a choice, but uh, I really like it in Columbus for a lot of reasons. Like most of us actually enjoy Columbus. Uh, Those were the reasons why I enjoyed Columbus. Uh, For me, for business reasons, it made sense. I had a lot of contacts, connections. Um, And uh, it's a very convenient spot to go and travel the country from. So um, it also helped the fact that I met another Russian-speaking gal who became my wife that was in the central Ohio area. So that definitely had a big influence on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, had a lot of choices uh, to make uh, whether or not to stay in Columbus. And a couple of times came close to moving, but didn't actually. So looking at your LinkedIn, you have quite the resume. Uh, we could name drop some of the companies, but I'd let you do that. But the one thing that stands, I'm like, damn, this dude is an immigrant. You have no end dates on any of your job. Like how (laughs) many jobs does this dude have? And it's that kind of immigrant work ethic, but also entrepreneurial spirit that a lot of immigrants who come to the United States, once we recognize that this is a, the true land of opportunity that we take advantage of it. So, uh, what's your journey through entrepreneurship, uh, in an up to, uh, to now where you're the founder of bold penguin. Yeah, so like you hinted, it really, um, uh, like you hinted, it really comes down to this immigrant mindset. When we moved here and and I look around all the role models in my life, like my dad, my uncle, my aunt from my mom's side, a lot of really interesting people, they were all business owners. 
Uh, so I, growing up, didn't even know any other way. Just kind of saw that you get in here, you earn the dollar, and you break your way, you hustle your way through, and you try to make the best of every day. Uh, so I just really grew up in a, an environment where being not entrepreneur, but a small business owner was really um, the way that everybody thought. Um, and uh, you have a rare opportunity in life where the problems, our problems are really what they call first world problems in a lot of ways. And you have to make the best of your life. Um, we didn't just come here to this country to just sit around on a couch. We try to make the best for ourselves and for our kids. So that is a big driver for what I do. Later in life, I learned what entrepreneurship was. When I went to Ohio State, I finally became familiar with the word, which I couldn't even pronounce uh, for a long time. But um, uh, it really all stemmed from there. Um, yeah, as an entrepreneur, just try to make the best of the opportunity we're given. Um, we are in Columbus, Ohio, where it's very resource-rich. Um, capitalists here to some degree. Uh, there's a lot of talent, a lot of very smart people at Ohio State. I met brilliant people. It's also the melting pot, right? You, you can be sitting next to somebody from, from Somalia all the way to Argentina to an Asian descent, and it's all here in Columbus, and companies test this. You know, we're the melting pot for so many uh, when they deploy things. So for me, it just all lined up, and it made sense. Uh, cost of living is... Uh, is a place Columbus is a place where the cost of living allows you to actually start a business and not think twice about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so what was the first business you started? Because I know you were involved with some some pretty big names right now in the startup scene. So, uh, what what's been your entrepreneurial journey from where you started to where you are now with Bold Penguin? Yep. So when I was finishing up high school um, and moving into college, the my best friend at the time who immigrated here with me around the same time had this great idea of trying to be, uh, trying to open up an insurance agency, living the American dream, being your own boss, making the, the, the cash. Uh, and so we decided to open up our own insurance agency. Got licensed, uh, got uh, started with Allstate, which was at the time had a phenomenal program for uh, young agencies. And we opened up an agency just outside of uh, Bexley uh, on the east side where we live like one street out. And uh, since then, I just kind of got attracted to insurance. And like many people in insurance, I didn't go out searching for it. It sort of found me. Um, we joke about like if we immigrated to like Omaha, would we be in the steak business? You know, so much of the city really shaped it with, between Nationwide, Grange, um, Safe Auto, State Auto, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, insurance is just you know, we, I think you know it too, right? There's retail and there's insurance. That's kind of the thing in Columbus. Um, so I got into it. Um, honestly, I had way too many failures to count or spend time on. I think I'm limited to what, just a few minutes here. Uh, I have like, I'll, I can bring out a scroll of the, all the things that didn't work. But yeah, a couple of things that did, did work. Um, and the thing that was exciting for me in insurance was that the more I got to know about the complexities and how that's the backdrop to every economy, the more I was excited to get into this solving complex business problems. So the deeper the rabbit hole went. Um, again, we can list a bunch of companies, but uh, I got to Bull Penguin, which I'm at today, because I had the experience of um, selling insurance firsthand, hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, we raised capital around a direct-to-consumer app. So I got this whole, how do you become the insurance company? 
um, uh, experience. We have a marketing company that we started with the background of insurance agents are sort of the catalyst to this whole industry. And uh, lately the kick that I'm on, which is fits my personality the most is at Bull Penguin, which is the combination of all of those things, which are looking at insurance from a number of different angles to let's get into business insurance, the commercial insurance side of it, the complexities of having your operation here be insured and how does that work and how painful the process could be. Okay. So um, you're involved with multiple companies simultaneously. Bold Penguin is kind of, where would you say it is on your list of priorities right now? Because I would really want to get into kind of where your priority is and really drill into that. Yep. I actually focus on one thing at a time. I Earlier on in my life, I was very scatterbrained. If you talk to the 18-year-old Ilya, I'd be like, oh, let's do this, let's do that, have you know five different things going on. But I learned that that doesn't work. Uh, and I learned that if you have anything more than one thing going on, you tend to disappoint the others that are involved. So if you have two businesses, you have one or both parties that are disappointed. If you have three, you have three because you're splitting your time. So uh, a number of years ago, I really started to think of myself as like a horse with blinders on, right? You're just looking forward to the one thing. Uh, When we started Bull Penguin, I made it a conscious decision to focus on day-to-day operations of commercial insurance, in this case it was Bull Penguin, and drop everything else. Yes, I have some interest, some shares, some equity in other companies, but my philosophy in general is you really got to line up three things, capital, idea, and team. And when you have that in place, you're creating something that's larger than you. And I've been fortunate enough to where I've been able to achieve that in a couple of different startups. And it allowed me to, the timing just kind of worked. It allowed me to say to myself, okay, I've created something bigger than me and a couple of different startups. Some of you've heard of, some of you haven't. We'll change that, we'll hear about all of them. Uh, but um, my main focus right now is to get this baby off the ground, which is Bull Penguin. And interestingly enough, I don't always say that, but specifically at Bull Penguin, it does match my personality more, which is this whole B2B enterprise level uh, solution. Gotcha. And so what's the elevator pitch for Bold Penguin? What's the problem in the con- uh, commercial insurance space that you guys are looking to solve? I'm working on that. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, I'm going through a couple of branding exercises to uh, be able to properly articulate that. But I'll give it a try. How about that? Let's go. Um, so commercial insurance is primarily bought and sold through an intermediary known as an insurance agent, broker. Uh, sometimes it's a dot com. Sometimes it's an insurance agency. When a small business goes to get insurance, they have to go through this broker because the insurance companies do business through that broker. And a lot of times information gets lost or application gathering is very long and complex due to the pen and paper that's involved with it. So we at Bull Penguin are trying to streamline the back end process by automating the workflows, by trying to streamline the whole experience, by really fighting pen and paper through that process. We're not trying to cut out the agents or digitize or robotize. We're not trying to make it easier for insurance carriers to sell direct to consumers. What we're trying to do is triangulate the three parties 
by making it easy for you as a business owner to go to somebody you trust and for that somebody that you trust to be able to originate insurance policies on your behalf. Okay. And so let's talk relationship. Um, number of contacts with any advisor, accountant, you probably talk to that person a lot. Mm -hmm. Lawyer, whenever you need to make a major decision about your business, you're going to talk to your lawyer. When you say triangulate the relationship, what kind of relationship should small businesses or commercial insurers have with their commercial insurance company and agent? And because I just imagine that, that that's something I get because I have to get it. And so what should that relationship truly look like? Sure. So, uh, you know, that joke how insurance is one of those things that you never want to pay for and never want to use. Um, it's somewhat true when it comes to commercial insurance. Uh, <laughs> your relationship with your trusted advisor is very limited. It's kind of like why you actually want to reduce the number of times you call your attorney for bad reasons. And insurance, that bad reason could be a claim. Uh, so the relationship should be um, of an advisor level. You should always know that your uh, agent is your trusted advisor, is somebody that's looking out for your best interests. And when you need him or her, they're there for you. It's not some 800 number you call. It's not some outsourced call center. It's somebody that's just around the corner that truly understands what you're trying to achieve in your business, that you're not overpaying for it, but you're also not underinsured for the crazy scenarios that could happen. An employee falling down, a customer slips outside, you screw up a project. Uh, all of those things are adequately covered. Insurance companies in a lot of ways are the carrier. They take on the risk, but they don't have that personal relationship. They can't look you in the eye. This big organization can't look you in the eye. Uh, a trusted advisor can. So when you need him or her, they're there for you and they have all the right tools in their tool belt to be able to uh, service you. And that interaction should be very limited. Of course, you should be focused on doing other things. Gotcha. And so um, who sees the face of Bold Penguin? Is it insurance company facing? Is it insurance agent facing? Is it consumer facing? Who interacts with Bold Penguin? Yep. So our platform is meant for the insurance agent or broker. Uh, we live in an interesting time where uh, this new term has been coined as insuretech. It's kind of like the renaissance of insurance. There's technology that's being poured in. And so a lot of new startups and dot-coms and have cool, slick online experience may appear as something different, but they really uh, have a, an insurance agency component to them. They're a trust advisor. They're the storefront. So insurance agents, insurance agencies, dot-coms, insurtechs, brokers, those are the customers of Bull Penguin. In order for us to make their lives easier, though, we need to integrate with insurance carriers to make the underwriting, the quoting, the application process simpler. So a big component, the harder part of what we're trying to solve is the integration to the hundreds of the different insurance companies that offer small commercial insurance, general liability, workers' compensation, commercial auto, commercial property, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so as a result, we do have a portal or a non-developer interface, if you would, uh, for insurance companies to interact and to use it. Okay, gotcha. And so as a trusted advisor, uh, what are my options now for identifying the, per, the insurance company I would like to recommend for my client 
And is there a benefit ah. for using bold penguin over the traditional yeah. means of what yeah. they're using now? You're a smart dude. You got right to the core of the problem here. Uh, you, you nailed it. So it is a fragmented and highly regulated uh, industry. So the problem that you, it, it, we, we actually joke about in the office, everyone's got a guy, right? I got a guy. You think of insurance and insurance for your business, you got a guy, somebody you know, you're related to, sponsors a soccer team, advertises, et cetera, et cetera, you Google. The problem is that insurance agency or that insurance agent has to be licensed, step one, in the state you do business with, and then appointed by the insurance companies. And insurance companies don't just appoint everybody, although some have large appointments, some have less. So the problem exists in A, finding an insurance agent that understands your business to make sure that you're uh, speaking the same language and covering the right things and helping you through that journey. And B, he, him or her are appointed or allowed to sell or um, are allowed to represent an insurance company that's best for you. And there's hundreds of options. So what is the likelihood that they have that? The answer is very little, right? You might have some of the mainstream ones, but you don't have the experts. And so what we're trying to solve is we want to make sure that that when you find the right advisor, when you find the right person to talk to, that he, him or her are armed with enough information to know which one of the hundreds of different insurance companies to go to in a very uh, digital way, not this old analog, oh, I have a feeling or I have a relationship or I think they do business or I think they'll write this or I think they'll quote this. Okay, so like in the investment business. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we actually compare this to a Bloomberg terminal a lot of times uh, where there's an exchange, a peer-to-peer -peer exchange where agents and brokers can log in and interact with the insurance companies. And a lot of times we're trying to digitize that process so the information they're entering in on behalf of their customers are intuitive, simple, easy, can be predictive. Gotcha. Um, the accusation is that your financial advisor has a set of incentives for what product they actually put in front of you mm -hmm. that has to do more with their commission structure mm -hmm. than it has to do with a true exploration of what's best for you. Mm -hmm. Is Bold Penguin looking at any of those incentive structures? Because ultimately, I can ask Bold Penguin all the questions I want but I'm still looking at, is it 3.5% that I get or is sure. it 4.5%? So sure. how do you avoid your trusted advisors who are accessing your portal from just, you know, when you study their eye movements on your page, right. just going, right. what's the commission at the bottom line? <laughs> right. How do you prevent that from happening? Yeah, this is, this is great. You're getting right to, to the right problem, the right questions to ask here. I was sent by your investors. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, so... We do that in a number of different ways. Number one, our, the true asset of Bull Penguin is what we call our carrier recommendation engine. We call it Emperor, the biggest badass pe penguin there is. Uh, so Emperor actually looks at the carrier ranking and objectively uh, measures the results and the different coverage types that insurance carrier can offer. So our claim is that for the agents and brokers, we can cut down time in quoting so we could save them on that and the servicing of that customer. So they're looking not only how much commission can I get, but also what is the likelihood that insurance company will take care of my customer long-term and they continue to renew. In other words, what is the likelihood that I will get my commission year after year after year? Mm -hmm. So that's one. Number two is we're actually, we're 
also trying to become very influential at the point of sale. So when you're looking at your commission and you're looking at the premium, what you're also looking at is what is the right coverage that that customer is likely to buy. So the predictive tools that we give is also making it easier for you to make that sale. And when you put in and add up the amount of time that you're saving for understanding how a customer renews, and you're looking for what is the likelihood that the customer will buy, that offsets the amount of commission that you're trying to play the game on. Oh, I understand. And so, uh, yeah. And so how do you reward? But at the end of the day, we're dealing with human beings. So no matter how geeky I can get on you about the different ways that we can, you know, move the button, make a different color, uh, highlight different uh, features of our recommendation engine, the trusted advisor has to be a good human being. A fiduciary that's, responsibility. And they have to take that seriously. Yeah. And that's the human factor in all of this. So however, though, have you thought about any way of incentivizing people who, according to Emperor, are exhibiting trusted advisor choices? Meaning, I could go in there yep. and you could make this recommendation yep. and I could take it or leave it. Or I could make a decision counter to what Emperor is saying. Yep. I'm, I'm guessing that you probably won't lock them out of all their choices simply because Emperor is making a recommendation. Yep. So how do you incentivize trusted advisors who are more likely to make the right decision when presented to them to encourage them to keep coming, coming back, back. Yep. And, and using emperor as their as their assistant basically yeah so that's um you know that's the uh the age-old question of how powerful is your tech so we think that so number one we've thought of that it's on our horizon it's phase three, maybe phase four of our business. We believe that we can get to that point by being of a certain, by being a certain size. Mm -hmm. Today we're not. Today we are in thousands of different uh, agencies. We're on probably tens of thousands of different applications each month, but we're still not big enough to where we could have the power to say you're a bull penguin agent or you use emperor kind of that stamp of approval stamp of seal it's definitely coming that's one of my personal goals is to be on every desktop that a commercial insurance agent uses and mobile device if they've adjusted to that uh, but uh, that's quite a bit away okay so we we started the episode talking about your you guys being in the news and uh, one was an article, I believe, about uh, life of an immigrant, and you were talking about that. Uh, but also, I know that you guys just moved to a yep. new location. Mm -hmm. So what's happening at Bold Penguin that kind of prompted that move? What's going on internally? Yeah, so uh, 2016 was the year, two years ago, was the year where we had to prove that our idea isn't just some idea and abstract, that it's you know, everyone can say, yeah, let's make commercial insurance easier, but how? So we've proved in 2016 that the agent portal, this terminal that we've built for agents to log into and use, is a useful tool. In 2017, we've made this platform available for both carriers and big, powerful names, brokerages, and agencies in the space that made our charts look up and to the right. Not quite hockey stick, but definitely moving in that direction. And just about every KPI that you could imagine. So all of a sudden, we make sense in the market. 
we are solving this really obvious problem. It takes a long time to do the quoting and binding. Why don't you digitize that process on behalf of the agents? And now we're starting to do it for in big volume numbers. So hundreds of thousands of small businesses are in one way, shape or form are being quoted by Bull Penguin or in Bull Penguin on behalf of their agent partners. And that got the eye of the larger insurance carriers who all of a sudden said, you know what, we see a lot of business that's being written there. Maybe we should pay a little bit more attention to them. And, and that's, you know, there's a lot of skepticism there. But we started proving earlier uh, in the year in 2017 that we're friend, not foe. And towards the end of 2017, we've had a big breakthrough with some of the top 10 big insurance companies, as well as what's known as super regionals, kind of like the Motors, the Grangers of the world, where they have a footprint in various parts of the country. So all of a sudden we found ourselves on the front side dealing with large agencies, small agencies, brokerages, some of the big names. And on the back end, we're dealing with some of the big carriers, the tier one, the tier two, very niche ones. And we're starting to really plop the map and have dominance on both sides and things snowball. And so as a result, uh, we, th we looked around the table and said, we need more smart people around. And we just really need more brain power in this office. Uh, financially, we could afford to do that because we had some big customers and our product worked. So they keep coming back for more. And so we put out a lot of jobs, ads for project managers, back-end engineers, uh, front-end engineers, uh, team leads, uh, architects, uh, uh, designers, uh, you name it. And we went from a small office for with a couple of dozen people to 40 uh, to 60, and there's now a little over 60 penguins north of the hemisphere running around <laughs> in, the, in the Chase Tower. I like it. Yeah. And, uh, um, and yet, yes, and we moved downtown. Uh, it's sort of a cool vibe. We have the 15th floor open environment, um, you know, like everything else in downtown Columbus, parking sucks. But other than that, uh, it's a fun environment to be in. And we're dealing with insurance, which is a really boring, old, a lot of times neglected industry. So we're trying to make, make it fun, have a blast with it. Um, and we're attracting a lot of people that uh, can help us reimagine it. Terrific. And so right now you're in scale up, right? Yeah, yeah. we're in full growth mode. Uh, you know, we have uh, job openings. Uh, you know, if everything gets filled, get a, to 90 people this year. Terrific. And so you're going from startup to scale up. How has your life as, uh, as the founder and focus on the operations of Bold Penguin, how has that changed? So a couple of years ago, I learned the painful lesson of the difference between a founder and a CEO. And uh, uh, to me, that was a big aha, big awakening. And so right now I'm transitioning from founder to CEO and executive. And just when I thought when, okay, we get more customers, we get more competent people, we get more brilliant talent in the room, things are gonna start humming. Just when I thought things would slow down, it's the complete opposite. If anything, it just added one more zero to everything. Instead of one project, we have 10 projects. Instead of uh, five things we got going on, we got 50 things going on that week, or bugs we're squashing, or anything of that sort. And so my life has really picked up. Um, unfortunately, insurance is not all down Broad Street. Insurance companies tend to be in every corner of the US. I find myself in places like Des Moines, Iowa, and Kansas City, uh, and all sorts of fun uh, cities. So lots of travel, things are very busy. Uh, I'm finding harder to spend time 
doing the fun things that I really enjoyed. Uh, I'm personally going through this transition where I'm trying to figure out how to have fun with being an executive at a company where a lot of decisions are being made fast and they're starting to be very, very powerful decisions and very important decisions. And, uh, and so it's a challenging time uh, and it's a really fun time. And I, I find that having mentors is a great thing. Uh, luckily in Columbus, there are a lot of successful people, not as many like VC funded startups, but there are very successful business people in Columbus that, uh, that's the beauty of being in the Midwest there. You know, if you say, Hey, let's have a cup of coffee or hit you up on LinkedIn, they actually respond, mm -hmm. uh, and they're willing to share some things that work for them and then, uh, so that's helping me going and, uh, definitely putting us in a different uh, level. Okay. Now when it's all said and done, what do you want your personal impact to be? My personal impact, I want it to be local. Uh, a lot of, I've, I've actually thought very hard about this. Uh, there's a lot of different things that you could do as a human being. I've realized that Ilya Bodner with uh, a little bit of direction of how to influence the local community rather than an Ilya Bodner with a shovel or volunteering somewhere is more powerful. Uh, and so uh, I'd like to see Columbus, my, I'd like my impact to be that the, the pin on Columbus, when you look at the map, I just want that pin to be a little thicker, a little bigger for everyone to see that we're doing something really powerful, really amazing here in Columbus. Awesome. Well, Ilya, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had a great time. Yeah, me too. And I end every episode with my one takeaway. Now, when you describe yourself, your younger self, as, hey, squirrel, idea, <laughs> idea, idea, I think a lot of people who are listening to this show can actually relate to that. And take it from Ilya. He's building a business that's making a difference. If you're chasing two rabbits, chances are you will catch neither one want you all out there to focus on that one idea, the burning desire, the one that you can't let go of, the one that keeps you up at night. And in a couple years, I'm sure you'll find the success that you're looking for. Thank you so much, 614 Startups Nation. My name is Elio Harmon, your host. See you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the 614 Startups Podcast. I am your host, Elio Harmon really really appreciate you joining us these episodes roll out every two weeks on wednesday to catch future episodes check us out at www.614startups.com you can follow me on linkedin uh, elio Harmon. you can follow the show on soundcloud as well uh, share it with your friends repost it retweet it thank you so much for being a listener 614 Startups, Idea, Scale, Impact.